working from home or working in the office. Since the pandemic, there's been a worldwide debate around the phenomenon. It's like, really, you're going to work from home and you're going to make everyone else who made your car come work to the fact, work in the factory. You're going to make the people who make your food that gets delivered that they can't work from home, but you can? Does that seem morally right? The laptop class is living in La La Land. That's Elon Musk. It's a productivity issue, but yeah. it's also a moral issue. Who wants to get off the goddamn moral high horse with the work from home bullshit? Why work from home? Some people say it saves money and time. You've got fuel and transport costs to get to the office. You then have to pay for parking at the office. Uh, it starts to make it a little bit more uh, costly. But companies aren't so convinced. After becoming a remote working pioneer, Talco1NZ now wants some of its employees to spend more time in the office. Maybe there's a middle ground. Earlier this week, the breakfast inbox exploded after I suggested the golden era of working from home should come to an end because people were taking the mickey out of it and productivity was down. Well, interesting timing because new research shows more of us are switching to hybrid work models. Now that's a mix of in-office and remote work. As for productivity, the majority of hybrid workers, well they say they're more productive at home. Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen and today on The Detail, is the work from home revolution still alive or has it reached a standstill? I was just imagining myself working from home, um, being a podcast host. <laughs> It'd be pretty hard work. You know, I wouldn't have the uh, like soundproof walls. I mean, <laughs> I have tried working from home before and it's been very hard. And I'd probably be distracted by uh, doing the washing and might watch an episode of TV at lunchtime, I'd imagine. I was going to say, and especially for a podcaster like you, right, as the, as the cat comes walking in or the dog, and you're like, no, 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 not now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not now, I'm, I'm working. Jeez. Or, or, or the know, uh, next door neighbour starts up the mower. That's happened to me before. I'm talking here to Jared Ha about what it's like to work from home. He's a professor of management and Māori business at Massey University. So I've had a few Zoom meetings and, and of course it's baking hot and you're having to shut every window um, and even kind of turn the fan down because it's too noisy and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this meeting to finish so I can get out and get some fresh air. But um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have you know, the collegial environment of the excellent detail team. Shout out to you there. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the detail today, Jared. Um, what I want to talk to you about is the study that you do every few months. Is it the Wellbeing at Work study? Yeah, so so usually twice a year. Um, to be honest, I stumbled into it by accident because <laughs> I was collecting data pre COVID, like February 2020, and then by March, April, we were we were in lockdown, and I was like, ah, oh, I've collected this data, but I wonder how much things have changed already. So I then did my kind of first well-being at work study in May 2020. So it's just kind of building, um, I guess, understanding around some of the dynamics, and and one of those has been, in particular, you know, hybrid work, and in particular. Um, you know, working five days a week at home, which I'm sure it occurred, but pre-COVID, I, I doubt we would have ever asked that question because mm. everybody would have thought that's kind of impossible. Um, <laughs> and now here we are, you know, now now we've got kind of consistent numbers around 
you know, five days at home. And that's gone from 8% in June last year to about 6% in December. But the hybrid working has has kind of exploded back up again to just under 42%. 42%. So we've got roughly half, half the workforce in the office permanently, but the other half in some kind of hybrid mix with a with a small but still quite chunky number only ever working from home which which in all honesty does kind of blow my mind because um you know we've never really seen this before we'll come back to jared a bit later but now let's go to chris keel technology editor for the new zealand herald he's written a lot about this topic I think what we've seen just over the past six months and even in the new year with a couple of flashpoints, we've seen a lot of big organisations move from sort of carte blanche during the pandemic, work from home, I mean, especially for, for white-collar workers, blue-collar workers, small businesses, never was a thing. Uh, but a, a lot of organisations with a lot, a lot of white-collar workers are now saying you've been working from home five days a week or two days a week, and that the new normal actually looks a lot more like the old normal. So a lot of organisations are saying we now want you in the office at least three days a week. So what's been the reaction to that from employees? I think it's mirrored the situation in the US where there's been a degree of pushback. Um, Shortly before Christmas, a dispute developed at 1NZ, which is still uh, ongoing. Some contact centre workers at 1NZ, formerly Vodafone, are fighting against changes that would make them work from the office three times a week, an increase of a day from their previous arrangement. They were one of the first companies to send all their staff home even before the first Level 4 lockdown. Mm. And they they said they're going to be a big champion of remote working ongoing. And they say they still are, but before Christmas, uh, most of their teams, they said, hey, we want you back in the office at least three days a week. And one of those teams, which is the most heavily unionised one, the the call centre workers, about 112 of their 2,500 staff said, uh, we don't want to, and uh, Unite Union talked about the various benefits of working from home, the arguments we're now quite familiar with. We've got, um, you know, transport costs, we've got emissions, it's people's time spent on the roads. 1NZ said, um, you know, hey, we agree with all of that, but our managers have found, this is not just call centres, but across the the whole organisation, they said... The change from two days in the office to three is best for supporting customer outcomes and developing team culture. The unionised staff said, uh, no, we're going to protest and we're actually going to, uh, to work from home in the new year as a protest which could still lead to um, to industrial action. And 1NZ said uh, that's not going to impact the customer experience and the union's like, well, if it's not impacting customer experience, could it could it be the way? But uh, 1NZ still said, you know, it, it's going to benefit people overall to um, spend at least three days a week in the office. Chris has also spoken to Kirk Hope, the CEO of Lobby Group Business NZ. What he's seen is a lot of his members wanting to dial working from home down to three days, two days, one day, or even zero days, as he put it. And he said a lot of the big organisations now, they still want flexibility if you have to drop off your kids or whatever, but a lot of them are favouring glide time. So they're saying, you know, come into the office at 10 and leave at 6 and 
address the flexibility that way rather yeah. than working from home. Yeah, it. how does that work? Glide time, yeah, just explain. So you can kind of start when you want, finish when you want. Yeah, yeah. You can do your hours when you want, but they all have to be from the office. And he said there's a, there's a big burst of um, popularity for that. And we've also, last year we saw in the US companies like Amazon or Meta saying we, you know, we want staff back into the office, even Zoom, of course, the, the poster boy for, well, we all know why, why this one's ironic, right? Yeah. Everything I know about irony I learned from Alanis Morissette. So I'm not <laughs> sure if this is irony or if this is some other word. Now, Zoom, we've learned, is requiring that its employees return to the office at least two days a week. So is that if they live within about 50 miles of an office, they're expected to come in and use their punch card and sit down at their desk. They've been trying to nudge people back into the office for sort of 18 months, two years. And the difference we saw in the last uh, few months of 2023 was companies beginning to introduce sanctions. Um, with Amazon, uh, the reports said you could even potentially lose your job if you refused to come back into the office. Oof. Many employees have been pushing back as Amazon now requires they return to their desks at least three days per week. Well, in an internal Q&A this month, CEO Andy Jassy told employees, quote, if you can't disagree and commit, it's probably not going to work out for you. At Amazon. Across the Tasman, uh, we had ANZ Bank, uh, according to the, the Financial Workers Union, say, uh, we want you back in the office about uh, or 50% of your week. And if you don't do that, then you know your bonus could be trimmed. Bank execs have told staff they believe the move strikes a balance between offering staff flexibility and promoting in-person collaboration. I asked uh, ANZ New Zealand if they were following that policy and they just addressed it in broad terms and said all of, a, uh, all of an employee's performance objectives would, would factor into so, their, their bonus. So, not answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You've also talked to some other companies in New Zealand about what they're doing, right? Uh, other big, you know, financial companies and the like. What have they told you? The norm is very much uh, moving back from three days at home to two days at home. This is uh, talking to the, the telcos, banks, insurance companies and so forth. We've even seen in the public sector a, a degree of, uh, of pressure to, to move back in into the office. Okay, so a real move to a hybrid format rather than a, uh, completely working from home or completely working from the office. Yeah, and also the, the emergence of glide time and also closer monitoring in the UK. Um, EY, one of the big accounting firms, uh, got a lot of coverage when it introduced uh, what the medical turnstile monitoring to see uh, how much time staff are actually um, spending in the office. Um, EY New Zealand here said they had always monitored you know, swipe card access, but they um, they weren't mandating a specific amount of time in the office. Did you call it turnstile monitoring? Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? So we've got some organisations here, like we asked uh, MB, how much time do your staff spend in the office? And they said, well, we don't know because we don't collect that data. But a, a lot of the, the big commercial organisations now are starting to look at that swipe card data. So is Chris actually spending 50% of his time in the office? And some of them, if you're not, they're saying, well, 
that could factor into your remuneration. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some evidence now uh, in the UK that the Bank of England got together with several large universities and they analysed various pieces of work that were surveying some 2,500 companies and they found that if you worked from home, then you were um, slightly less likely to get a pay rise. And a a separate survey by a um, company in the US looking at data from some 2 million white-collar employees, they uh, said that if you worked from home, you were 35% more likely to lose your job if your company had a round of layoffs. So that sounds bad, right? But is it really because employees who work from home don't work as hard? Back to Jared Ha from Massey University and his employment survey. It's found some interesting results. Like people saying they're more productive when they work from home. The majority are usually at least the same level of productivity, but you know, as of December 2023, we've got 51% saying, oh, I'm more productive. Mm. And I think that really just captures the fact that I don't have to wake up, have a shower, have a shave, put a suit on, drive for an hour into the into the city. You know, I could I could get a coffee and and turn on my laptop and start working uh, straight away. So you you're probably more likely to start more productive, and you're less likely to be distracted and things like that. So you know you you don't go into the workplace and the first thing you do is have a colleague say, "Oh, let's go get a coffee," and you're off talking about. <laughs> yeah, I thought the conversation when I came into the office this morning was all about the weather and uh, why we had such torrential rain after, um, you know, days and days of sun. So, yes, I understand what you mean. You do lose a bit of productivity. But it's nice to have that social connection, isn't it? Well, I mean, and I totally agree. Um, and early on, I did find um, those all home workers had higher loneliness. So so there was a real downside to that. But interestingly mm. enough, in the last year, that's kind of disappeared. Why? I think what we're finding is those people working from home consistently and we have kind of gone about you know eight to seven percent in 2022 eight percent june 23 to six percent i think you're finding some people are probably putting their hand up and saying actually not enjoying being at home all the time i want to come into the office a bit so they turn into hybrid um and i think other workers are now just working those dynamics better, you know, and I've encouraged people, for example, to, um, you know, even if it's not work colleagues, catch up with um, friends and family for lunch during your work, just to kind of get you out of the house, break things up. Because we all, you know, we are social animals. We want to connect with people in a physical place rather than, you know, when people say, oh, would you like to do a virtual coffee? I always kind of laugh at that and think, <laughs> no, no, not really. I'd, I'd rather have a real coffee because that's just my pr- preference. I, and I think a lot of people are like that. And it's not just workers' perceptions of their own productivity. The other bit of data I have, I have some separate, what we call citizenship behaviours, which is how much you help your colleagues, how much you defend the organisation and represent, you know, after hours, for example, when you might otherwise think, oh, gosh, I don't have to do this, but I will. And what I do find is that those hybrid workers engage in those kind of behaviours, including innovation behaviours, more than office workers. So there is this kind of independent data saying that, um, you know, somebody said to me, I don't like hybrid workers. They don't work the same. I'd be saying, well, actually, the data does tell a different story than that. And I think, you know, a lot of the return to office 
kind of mandates we're seeing out of the the states there's already research coming out saying those companies tend to be performing poorly and so it's more a kind of knee-jerk reaction to um you know financial difficulties in the firm and and even like six months later they've been able to track and say well actually these firms haven't got any better even though everybody's now back in the office so kind of reminding those CEOs that, um, you know, it wasn't the working from home that was disrupting your business. It was some other fundamental. There's a lot of managers, I think, who still struggle with the whole working from home. And they, you know, and to me, it's it's really about trust. And, and you know, and I say to them, I said, set, set your productivity expectations. If they're not being met, you might say to the person, hey, I, I need you back in the office because I need to keep an eye on you. Or you're, you're not doing what I've asked. But if they are, then, you know, they've really done what you're you're expecting. And I like to remind managers that if you think, you know, if you think Jared's a a slack, lazy person at home, he's going to be equally slack and lazy in the office. You know, I might be the social butterfly who talks to everybody, coffees all the time. And then you go, but Jared never does any work. Being in the office isn't the kind of remedy, you know, it's it's really is a, a productivity or a performance issue and managers just, just need to kind of step up and try to manage those poor, poor performers better. And, and, and I think that's fine to say, actually, less hybrid work for you. I want you in here. But again, it's going to take a hands on approach, not a it's not like a magic wand. Oh, Jared's in the office. Now he will become a good worker. Mm. Probably not. But there are still ways with technology these days that you can monitor when people are online at home and the work they're doing and when they start and leave. But you don't want to become one of those uh, managerial stalkers, do you? No, and there is evidence showing that that kind of surveillance stuff does two things. One is it's it's a total trust killer. So workers just like, you know, ah, oh, yeah, stuff you then. Um, and so, you know, come five o'clock when you're, you know, at 4.58 when you're emailing somebody, oh, I need you to do this. They'll say, no, no, stuff here because, you know, you don't trust me. And this is how I'll reciprocate. Um, but there's also been this proliferation of kind of anti-surveillance software so I can download or buy a mouse and it'll automatically every 30 seconds jiggle itself and click a few things it doesn't do anything um on your monitor per se but on the counter the the surveillance technology it says oh jared moves his mouse every 20 to 30 seconds oh every every hour of the day what a good worker he is <laughs> and of course i i could be sitting in a chair watching netflix do you feel that there's also a change in offices as well and the look of offices and the amount of space in offices. It seems like there's uh, a lot more people, a lot more staff than desks in the office. Um, we've seen that change come over time with hot desking. What do you think about that move? So a colleague of mine and, and, and me as well have done research around that and saying usually hot desking is kind of the worst of all options because people just totally get, um, you know, the failure to make any connection with place. Uh, and if I like working next to you and and, and uh, tomorrow when I come into the office, I'm a you know, I'm the floor down, you know, that that's not going to get the best out of me. So I'm, I guess I would suggest the data isn't a big fan of hot desking. I think having, you know, 500 employees and having 300 desks is the new reality, because I think a lot of companies are now realizing that, gee whiz, hybrid's probably here to stay. 
uh, let's not spend all of our money on um, you know, on this whole kind of, you know, 550 offices for 550 workers type thing because it's not actually that efficient. But working from home isn't good for everyone. Chris Keel from The Herald again. The research coming out of the UK is that, um, and the US, is that those entering the workforce are often disadvantaged. They're worried about whether they'll develop skills and just, you know, basic office politics skills as well as technical skills and career progression. So I think it's a lot harder if you're entering the the workforce for the first time. One solution that's been put forward if you do have a lot of people uh, working from home uh, at different times is to have multiple mentors for for a younger staffer and that's something that I've seen work quite well as well. And another uh, solution too is uh, for new staff that they've got to work in the office for their first three or six months. Can I just ask, some people, Jared, might listen to this podcast and think, oh, look, people are just saying they're more productive at home because they just want to stay in bed and stay comfy. And (laughs) people might question people being more productive at home. What do you have to say to people that think that? Yeah, well, I guess I do have this kind of other performance data, which um, is definitely linked to firm performance. And that does show that um, hybrid work, it's actually the hybrid workers, the all home and all office are are different. They're, They're less productive than hybrid workers, interestingly yeah. enough. Um, but again, all I would say to that is, if you think I'm I'm lying in bed, sleeping in, watching Netflix, put a camera on me for the day in the office and you'll say, I noticed Jared had an hour and a half for lunch and he's had three coffee breaks for half an hour. <laughs> oh, that guy doesn't do any work in the office either. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I think, you know, the, the reality is, and maybe this is a good you know, future focus for organisations, you know, focus on that productivity. That's it for today. Thanks to our guests, Jared Ha and Chris Keel. The detail is punted through RNZ and NZ On Air. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell. It was produced by Gwen McClure and Alexia Russell. I'm Tom Kitchen. Hey, Kona. Cool